Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. I Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, our look at the Australian film industry. And last week we brought you horror, Australian horror, a new Australian film called The Marshes, which is going to be showing at the Lido and uh, Classic and Cameo uh, leading up to, uh, oh, mate, no, you're leading up to Halloween. And uh, today we're going to bring you hope. Ha. See, that was a great little segue. Uh, hope in the form of a fantastic film called Black Track Boys. It's a documentary, but it's a documentary feature. It's it's absolutely riveting film. And I got to uh, uh, chat with the uh, direct filmmaker. It was, it's a small production. She's the uh, cinematographer and uh, uh, worked on... Uh, and, I suppose, writer, and uh, worked with uh, some compatriots to do the editing. And it is about a a group of people called Backtrack. It's a youth program run um, out of uh, Armadale, and uh, it's it's the brainchild of a fellow called Bernie Shakeshaft, who is a champion dog jumping trainer. And you probably don't know anything about champion dog jumpers. You probably don't know anything about any of this stuff, but I'll tell you what, this film is absolutely grip- gripping. I it, I couldn't get enough of it. And uh, I'll tell you now that it's got uh, a couple of screenings uh, at the uh, Nova on Friday, October, you get out your pen, Friday, October the 26th at 8.45pm, Saturday, October the 27th, that's at 4.15 p.m. And on Sunday, October the 31st, 6.30 p.m. Now, I'll tell you all those details later on, but uh, we'll listen to my chat with Catherine Scott. I tell you, I cannot recommend this film enough. I was very impressed with your film. It's, in fact, it's one of the best films I've seen all year. Can you tell my listeners how you, who the Backtrack Boys are? Um, basically, Backtrack is an organisation um, based in um, Armadale that operates out of a shed. Uh, it's been running for about 12 years by a man called Bernie Shakeshaft, a former Jackaroo. And he takes all these young kids, mostly boys uh, and now recent, more recently girls, and these are the kids that have sort of fallen through the cracks. And he's sort of got this very unconventional but quite creative program where he works for kids with dogs and he's sort of turning their lives around. So um, 
one of the things that's really amazing about this film is how the footage that you get. I mean, did you spend a lot of time with these people? Or tell me about yes. the process. Yeah. So basically I filmed um, Bernie and some of their boys over about two years. So oh, I probably right. had about, I don't know, 30 trips or so up, up back and forth, up to Armadale in that time. And uh, sort of went on the road with them to the dog shows and popped up and checked in on them as different things were sort of happening over that time. So, yeah, it's a it's a longitudinal film where you really get to see um, change and things happening as they happen. And also it's um, very uh, intimate. Uh, people, uh, they ob- you know, obviously they knew you by then. Uh, did they forget the camera was happening or was it very small or...? What? No, um, no. I was using a Canon C300 Mark II, so it's a sort of a medium-sized camera, but once you whack the lenses on there, it's a little bit in your face, but it's not a big, huge um, beta cam camera. You know, it's much smaller. Plus, it was just me. I was just a, a single shooter, producer, director person, um, and I didn't have a crew. It was just me, so I was just using radio mics and a shotgun mic, and it was just me and the boys. Um, one of the reasons for that was I had no funding for the first sort of year and a half at all, so I had no choice but to do that. But uh, luckily, I am a camera wo- a woman, so I have all the skills to be able to capture that stuff. Um, but yeah, it's sort of sometimes when things work against you, you can turn it around and make it work for you. I think perhaps maybe I would have gotten quite different material if I had a big crew with me. So uh, sometimes it's good to go small on these particular these kinds of films. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I was just, it, I mean, I, I found it absolutely gripping, I'll have to say, the whole film. I mean, I know it's a documentary, but uh, people, and I personally really like documentary-style films, but uh, this has got the gravitas of a feature, I'll have to say. So, of a drama, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we were aiming for. So I was working with um, Andrea Lang, who's probably one of Australia's top documentary editors, and our goal was to try and make it um, feel like a drama, um, to feel like you're really in there, uh, walking in the, sh- in the shoes of the young people. So I really kind of like try, and, my goal is to try and tell the story from the inside out rather than the other way. So you're in there, right in there with them um, and going through everything they're going through. And I think it's really important because often these kids are, are very stereotyped. These are the kids that often get portrayed as being criminals or out of control or problematic kids. And what I was trying to do is turn it around and do exactly what Bernie does. Bernie, What Bernie does is he looks for the gold in these kids. And I was trying to do that with the audience, like show the potential of all these young people. They're trying so hard to get their lives together. They're up against rather humongous obstacles. Um, but... As, as soon as they get knocked down, they come back and they keep going. And I just thought, I, my God, my, I'm hoping that the audience will very much see it themselves in the stories of the of the boys and the characters. Oh yeah, uh, the um, what's the name of the man again? Uh, Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. yeah, he he is uh, a truly uh, extraordinary person. How did you get those pieces of gold? The story about the dogs and him going to. Uh, uh, to the Northern Territory and uh, being with uh, the Aboriginal back, uh, uh, trackers. Uh, that that whole notion of uh, not uh, chasing but uh, moving. Drawing. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. What a story. 
It's an extraordinary story. And look, Bernie's an extraordinary man. And quite frankly, when I came across this whole thing, I was kind of astounded that nobody had done it yet because he's been doing this program and kind of kicking some major goals. For quite a while, he, he, when I sort of started filming, it was they were like 10 years down the track in the program. Now it's 12 years. Um, but, you know, I just couldn't believe that nobody had done this story because I found him absolutely extraordinary. And for me, I have two wild little boys of my own. And so all the stuff that he was doing with the kids, I always feel I could apply in my own life, you know, as a mum, you know. So I'm like, I'm making this film and I'm going, wow, um, I'm actually getting educated in how to be a better mum at the same time as I'm making this film, you know. And I think it's extraordinary that... You know, a, a former Jackaroo, rough talk and Jackaroo is showing me how to be a better mum. But it, it absolutely, the stuff that he does with those kids, you can apply it in your own family and it completely and utterly works. And, and it, it, it's got the gravitas of, uh, you know, th- you know, they make movies of uh, Zen Buddhists and uh, people yeah. sitting on top of mountains and all that. It's as monumental as that, I think. And you know what's really extraordinary is it's really simple. If what Bernie does is actually a really simple concept. It's just being able to apply it and, and hang in there and, and follow it through. You know, that's the hard part, really. And that's sort of what he does. So. Oh, and also dogs. Um, yes, I'll never look. I'll never look at the dogs the dog again in, 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 <laughs> in, in a, the same way. Yeah, well, especially Bernie's dogs. I mean, he breeds his dogs. Um, in a very particular way to be able to work with young people. So often a dog will have like one job, like it's a bomb sniffing dog or it's a cattle dog or it's a therapy dog or it's a, you know, there's all different roles that they have. And what he does, he has dogs that have about six different jobs. You know, one minute they're dog jumping, the next minute they're going to schools to do barking books, the next minute they're going into old people's homes to be like therapy dogs and then they're out there running around chasing sheep so his dogs are kind of extraordinary in that they do so much um which i i think is extraordinary really yeah i do too uh, and also the very nature of dog uh, yes. you get the nature of dogs across yeah i think it's like you know really it, it's just about putting people back in touch with themselves and the elements and and the world really and dogs are such a great leveler because as Bernie says in the film, they live in the moment, they don't judge you, and they just bring you back to the most basic things in yourself. And so that's why it really works um, in the program. But, you know, he often says when he's travelling around, you know, like it could be surfing for some people, you know, it could be for somebody else, it might be horses. It could be different, you can use different things. But the main thing is he uses dogs because that's what he's most passionate about. He's in a in a particular um, location in Australia where Dogs are, play a very important role. Working dogs are very much part of the, the culture and the, and the life out there. Um, and so that's why he, he uses that. But for me as a filmmaker, of course, I am always fascinated with the um, relationship between humans and dogs. I think it's fantastic. I think that's why we're always like liking all these things on Facebook and stuff because yeah, yeah. We, we love all that sort of dog and cat stuff because it's all about... You know, I think we all just, look, we're looking for that relationship. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I think you're completely correct. And it seems to be, uh, like you say, non, non-judgmental. But it was uh, really neat. Uh, how did you decide on the two characters that uh, uh, eventually become, uh, I, don't know, I mean, I, I, 
I did. It, it worked. It worked on me. Their drama worked on me. Well, I think it works on everybody. Um, so, um, and that's what we worked. I mean, Andrea and I worked really hard mm. to make that happen. Um, but um, basically, I mean, when you're, I mean, this is an ensemble cast. So we're like looking at quite a few people stories. And whenever you're doing that, you don't want to tell the same story over and over again. So each person's story has to tell us something different about or the, the, the story or the issue. So with Zach, I met him very early on. And he was waiting for me when I first rocked up with Bernie and a handful of other lads. And obviously he's, he's a very um, articulate and expressive um, young man who's been in the program for quite a long time. And so, of course, he, he, was, he, he was like in, like Flynn. And also he was very generous, like he's very open and about telling his story and very comfortable in front of the camera. So... That was a pretty quick one. And then the other person that sort of um, came um, in was, was little Rusty. So when I was, I went on the road with them when I first went up there and he came across from Condobland. So I literally filmed his first day oh, um, yes. at Backtrack and he was pretty wild little guy. And I could see in that first week, he was just changing so much. Um, it was extraordinary um, what was going on. So... I just kind of kept following him and Bernie because it's good to get someone sort of, you know, who's just starting in. That's right, the chronology of it. Yes, it seems like the hardest part is like going into Backtrack and sort of really committing to it and the other part is kind of leaving Backtrack really and getting out there in the world. And then the other sort of more significant character that's in the film is um, Tyson. Yes. And he's the boy that you meet up in Akmina Detention Centre at the beginning of the film. Well, he came up to me because I've made these little clips that, you know, you use to raise money for the film to show people what the film's about. And, but it's also very important for the people who are in the film because they so, get to so see what you're doing. So crowdfunding are you talking about? Not crowdfunding, just funding from, you know... Oh, those bodies that might the, give you yeah, money. Yeah, the Screen Australia and, you know, yep. all the funders and also to philanthropic... We, we went down the philanthropic route. Mm-hmm. And... Um, but... Bernie and all the young people were sharing that amongst themselves and that was really good because, you know, you say documentary to a young person, they're like, what is that? You know, like, it's not... Yeah, you were that's right. Yeah, what do you mean? And so when they saw those little clips, I think they really saw what I was trying to do and, and they trusted me more as well. I think they were, like, became more on board and I think that always happens um, when you do that. And um, little Ty said he'd seen those and he came up and he goes, what is it, what do I have to do to to get into your film and I said well why don't we start with um, you telling me your story and then we'll just go from there and then he started telling me the story and I was like oh my gosh what an extraordinary what an extraordinary life this young person's had and um, so then that's how he sort of became involved in the film he literally cast himself (laughs) well well and and I guess that's part of his you know, get up and go, which he exhibits oh all gosh. the way through. Yeah, he's he's extraordinary, and um, you know, he ended up going back into juvie at some point, um, which was where we start with him in the film. But where when I actually met him before he went in there, um, and anyway, he's come out and listen. He's got he's doing extremely well. Um, doing a uh, plumbing in apprenticeship. He's got Good a job. Got it all going on, so he's so, so how did you? Well. I was wondering uh, how you got to be allowed to shoot the the stuff you did in the detention centre. Yeah, well, basically Tyson had turned eighteen when he was in there, so Ooh, dangerous um, because it's an age thing. You're not allowed yeah, yeah. to film. There's a law that 
prevent, prevents you from being able to film. And then all the people I filmed him with were also of age. So, um, and I, the regional director, Paul Maher, he was um, really supportive. Again, I should send him the links to the little excerpts that I'd been making. And he was completely, I mean, they are, the whole detention centre, or they're called juvenile justice, they were completely um, supportive and completely on board. Um, and they gave me tremendous access because they knew I was doing a story about Tyson. I wasn't doing an expose on them or what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. I was doing the story about young Tyson who was in there and um, they gave me tremendous access. The workers spoke to me. We filmed some of the programs um, that he was involved in. And I think they're pretty... Um, I hope they're happy with it. We're going, we're going to be screening up in Grafton at some point so um, all the workers there and we'll hopefully be able to show it in, in the actual... De- juvenile justice and wow. to the young people and their families if they want. I'm making it available to all of them if they want to use it. That's totally. fantastic. There's some fantastic uh, elements in that particular sequence, those sequences. One of them when uh, uh, he, the um, guard goes in, I don't know if they're called guards, but he goes in the door and then he does up Tyson's um, jumpsuit. Uh, yeah. s- such a delicate, uh, a considerate thing to do. Yeah, look, I'm... Um, Ronnie, who's the worker that you're referring to, is an Indigenous... He was an Indigenous program officer there at um, Akmina Juvenile Justice and, like, such a lovely guy. And he, he spoke about Tyson. He'd watched Tyson grow up because that was, like, the third time Tyson had been in there. So he'd sort of seen these kids coming and going. It broke his heart every time he saw these kids come back, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, he's, he's sort of like an uncle, to some of these kids, you know, he, he said they're like my little cousins. But I'm watching them grow up in here, you know, and so yeah, look, they're um, they've got all these different programs going on in Akmina to try and help keep these kids out. But it's very difficult when like there's not a lot of programs on the outside, and that's what Bernie's all about. And that's I think why the um, Akmina were very supportive of this because they were saying, oh my gosh, here's a great preventative program, and we need more of this, you know. Um, and that's what we're hoping to do with the film, actually, is is really get it out there and try and inspire other communities to come up with their own, like, initiatives that can help support the young people in their community in whatever way they can. It doesn't have to be a big, grand thing. Just whatever the way they can support their young people in their community, make them, help them get, you know, job skills or, get, you know, safe housing and food, whatever it takes to get them stable enough to be able to, like, get on with their lives and not just keep going down that path of, you know... Um, well, self-destruction. Prison. Yeah, yeah, just ha- try and get them before they end up there because once they go there, it's so much harder. You know, it's, it's not impossible, but it's just a lot harder. Oh, but also, you know, it, it goes down to things like uh, learning skills around being gentle. That was That's really right. interesting. Dealing with your anger, mm. you know, dealing with... Uh, you know, a lot of these kids have trauma. They've had lots of stuff happen to them. They've grown up in really quite violent situations. Not all of them, but some of them. And, um, you know, they need skills to be able to come to terms with their past and what's happened, but just to be able to function and react to situations in a way that's so that it's going to work for them, you know. And, um, and that's what Bernie's doing with the dogs. It's almost like a kind of meditation, really, the way he, he gets them to centre the dogs as a way of centering themselves and the way that they learn how to express their emotions with words, um, support each other, give each other a hand, all that sort of basic stuff that um, is somehow missing 
he's giving that them that knowledge and and modeling it you know showing them how to do it by the way he is hi this is Catherine Scott I'm the director of the documentary feature film Backtrack Boys and you're listening to 3CR. You certainly are. You're on Showreel with Annie and uh, we've got a little bit more of that interview with uh, Catherine Scott. Like I say, the, I can't uh, express how uh, incredible this film is and so I'm going to give you your chance to go and see it. It's at the Nova. You have to buy the ticket but it's worth the price. Uh, Nova, Friday, that's tomorrow, 8.45pm. Or on Saturday uh, the at 4.15pm if you're an afternoon person, 4.15pm. Or Sunday at 6.30pm. It's really worth seeing. I tell you, it's quite an extraordinary film. Let's hear the last bit of Catherine Scott, the director, maker of Backtrack Boys. There was a sequence when uh, young Rusty's standing, because he's a really bright person, and oh, my God, he's so smart. Rusty he's is incredibly smart. smart, you know. But standing in the back room looking out the window and uh, uh, the fellow says to him, uh, what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just standing here taking in everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just, what a moment. Was there a lot of luck in some of these great pieces that you got? Oh, look, there's so much that we couldn't even fit in, you know. Mm. there was we, we had lot, lots more moments that we couldn't fit in. So, we you know, sometimes you have to... You have to fig- figure out what are these, what are the most important points. And again, you know, we had some of the stuff that would repeat in different people's lives. So we would go, okay, yeah. we'll put it, we'll show this in this story because it's stronger than this one. But you know, we had we had an abundance of really good material to use. Um, so yeah. That's a really good problem to have when you're a filmmaker. Oh yeah, yeah, and and because uh, I do radio documentaries and stuff like that, yeah. you you keep it in your head, you know, the, yeah. the killer moments. But you must yeah. have had some. You had some. I, I I could not get enough of this film. I was watching it, and as it was progressing, it was sort of like a a, a, a sponge collecting more and more water. And by the end of it, maybe mixing a metaphor, I, I was gobsmacked. I my, my mouth was open uh, with. Uh, absolute uh, wonderment. I yeah. thought it was a terrific film and the people in it are just an amazing film. They're extraordinary people and they have so much to teach us. Um, and, you know, I think it's very brave of them to um, entrust me with their story. Look, oh, everyone's so fine about, you know, you following them when everything's all going well. Yeah, yeah. It's really hard to still let me follow you when things go to shit. And yeah. things go to shit pretty severe for some of these kids in this story as you see um but they come back again and it all turns around again but yeah look you couldn't write some of these um storylines you really couldn't and uh that's for me as a filmmaker like i love documentary my goal is to try and make documentary feel like a drama and you know make people laugh and cry and give you the whole full gamut of emotions and really just be in the story with the with these beautiful young people and see them for who they are. Well, you certainly succeeded. And uh, I, from the talking with you, it's quite yeah. clear that, uh, I mean, you spent two years uh, shooting, but you must have had a, a very long time uh, putting together as well. But also yeah. you did a whole lot of preparatory work, didn't you? Like before you started to actually shoot sequences, you were actually interviewed them and uh no i never do prep work no no, I, I, no with observational because i tell you what 
I had a brief conversation with Bernie. I did a lot of research, as you do, as much as you can. And I, I actually, when I went up there, um, he was wanting to tell me stuff. And I was like, no, 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 wait for the interview because I'll tell you one thing, and you probably know this from doing radio, once people tell you the first time, yeah. they never tell you the second time as well. No, you know? they never do. And so, I, you know, they might tell it to somebody else but not you because they know they've told you. So um, they skim over the things. And so I was like holding off, holding off. So no... When I land in a place, I, I start filming straight away. I don't do prep work. I just go in and I film. And that is documentary. Your filming is you're constantly looking for the story in observational documentary. You know, you, you're shooting and looking and listening and listening and trying to find the story as you're doing it. And then you soon come across it and then you know what to go after. But, yeah, no, I... That, that first interview I did with Bernie was absolutely pivotal and I didn't know anything and that's my that's that's great because then he had lots to tell me and then I did a few other pickup interviews over that time because things change and um, develop and um, but yeah no I it's like you can really blow it if you do too much prep. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So this uh, film, you're going to show it to the... Have the boys seen it? Has, has yes, Bernie seen no, it? Yes. Before, before we went and did all our online and grade, we I went up there and showed it to all the... Every single person that was in the film was shown the film. I went out and showed it to Rusty's dad. I yeah. drove over to uh, Grafton because that's where um, Tyson and Anastasia live now. I went everywhere to show them the film before we locked it all off and I wanted to make sure everyone was cool about how I was representing their story. We had psychological and youth worker support when, when, so we could really talk about it and workshop it. Um, yeah, I wanted to make sure that everyone was completely, there was no surprises if there was any little changes we needed to make to make everyone feel like I was representing their stories. We could do that. And, and we made a couple of small, tiny changes, and that was it. And everyone was really, really um, pleased with it. And they actually came down to uh, the premiere at the Sydney International Film Festival. So there was like a busload of mm. kids and workers and dogs and family members um, and all on the red carpet, dogs and all. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. They, the film people would have loved it. Oh, yeah. No, it's <laughs> yeah. Is it going overseas by any chance? Yes, we are submitting it to international film festivals, so we'll see how that goes. Well, good. Sure. You, should, you should do very well because it's a truly great film. And right now, this coming week, from the 25th onwards of October, um, we've got about 60 cinemas around the country who are going to be running the film. So people can um, go onto our website, backtrackboys.com, and you can look in your state and find a cinema, and we've got the um, ticket you know, just go straight there to the tickets and people can go through and see when it's playing and buy tickets. And we've gone out there to the cinemas going, come on, um, you know, people out there want to see Australian films. They want to see our own, we want to see our own stories. We, you know, we don't, we love all the blockbusters, but we don't want just that, you know, we want to see um, our own culture. So now we've made that argument. So now we need everyone to back us up here and, <laughs> and you know, call a bunch of friends and go into the cinema and, have a look at this um, guarantee that uh, you'll come out feeling a lot more hopeful and inspired than you did when you went in. Well, I agree. Fantastic. Yeah, well, don't, uh, make sure that uh, you prove Catherine correct. Great film, Backtrack Boys. Coming up next is Published or Not. We're going to go out with Simply Irresistible by Bron purely because I like it so much. You'll probably get very sick of it and I promise I'll find some more music.
cannot be permissible She'll compromise my principles Yeah You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.